I'm glad you chose to join us today. My name is Pastor John Hardman with the Quincy Church of Nazarene. Today's date is May 22nd, 2022. The scripture that I will be uh, reading to you and preaching from is Acts chapter 16, starting at verse 9. Acts chapter 16, starting at verse 9. It goes as follows. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, he got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. From Troas, we put out the sea and sailed straight for Samaritrace, and the next day to Neapolis. From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and a leading city of that district of Macedonia, and we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to a woman, excuse me, to women who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth for the city of Thyatira, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us the reading of God's word. Bow your heads with me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I recognize you as the real teacher here. So Father, as the scripture has been read, I ask that you would speak truth into our lives. Use me. Use the text. Accomplish your purpose, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Paul and his companions had hit a wall in their ministry work in Asia. <laughs> then Paul had a dream. Have you ever had someone tell you about their dream? In my personal life, I do not put much stock in dreams. To me, they were unreliable. Sometimes I would wake up from a dream that seemed real only to realize that it was so far-fetched that it was funny. Then there was a time when Kathy, my wife, woke up mad at me because of something I did in her dream. <laughs> Not so with the Apostle Paul. Paul recognized his dream as a message from God, giving him new direction in his mission. During the night, the scripture tells us, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. <laughs> Macedonia had been a Roman province since 146 BC and was located where in what is today Northern Greece. Isn't that just like God to close one door only to open another? Paul hears from God in Acts concluding that God had called them to preach to the Macedonians. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samomatras. And the next day, we went on to Napoleus. From there, Napoleus, excuse me. From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and a leading city of that district at Macedonia. We stayed there several days. From this, we gleaned that Luke, the writer of, of the book of Acts, slant doctor, is traveling with these guys. The group landed in Philippi. 
On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. In their line of work, they knew that the most likely place to meet people who had gathered for prayer was by the river, on a Sabbath, outside the city gates. Beside a quiet, babbling river, they sat down with a group of women. Actually, and hysterically, historically, if there was not a synagogue in the city, Jews typically met under the open sky and along a body of water, if they could, to pray. One of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to God's, Paul's message. The worshiper of God could be a description of a Gentile who had not officially converted to, to Judaism, but one who wished to worship the God of Abraham. In an effort to make it more personal to us here today, I was thinking of how many times we, you and I, had entered a sanctuary wanting to understand more about God without accepting God as of yet. I believe some of who are listening to the sermon finding themselves in that same category, wanting to be a worshiper of God, but maybe not sure how or, or if they want to commit yet. One of those worshipers of God was a woman from Thyatira. Good news. <laughs> the biggest takeaway from, uh, from the scripture is that that worshiper of God can worshipers of God can still be saved? Doesn't that sound a little strange? Why do we think today that if someone is in church, they are saved? Ask yourself: How many times have you come into the house of worship not completely right with God? Several years ago, on the Colorado District. The Nazarene Publishing House would send a representative to sell books to the district assembly. <laughs> they also brought free books to hand out to the pastors there. One of our favorite reps at the time was an elderly retired pastor who would ask for volunteers to come forward to help hand out books. At district assembly, you, you understand, everyone is assumed to be Christians. <laughs> So as the volunteers move towards the front, they almost get to the to the altar. The rep would say, come, come, you don't have to be saved. As if to say, all those pastors who came forward were not saved yet. <laughs> it was really funny. Lydia was a worshiper of God. And yet the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. One thought as to what Luke meant by worshiper of God could be that Lydia has accept, had accepted the baptism of John and had not yet been anointed by the Holy Spirit, the baptism of fire. We don't really know. The, the Bible is silent there. And unfortunately, Luke does not explain that uh, what worshiper of God means. But let me explain a little deeper that thought of being anointed by the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, the Spirit of Jesus? 
I have to generalize it because in fulfilling and the infilling of God's presence happens differently as each of us are different from one another. For starters, however, let me share with you one thing that is universal. When you first accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, how many years ago that was? At that time, you were filled with the Holy Spirit. That is why you, you feel clean, light, exuberant. The next definition about being Spirit-filled is generalized because it is the same and at the same time so different for each of us. The most basic definition is, is, it is when God is in control of your life. When God is directing you, guiding you, and walking beside you, that you know that you are filled with God's Spirit, with God's presence. However, because God has created us with a will, we have the ability to choose. This is where we come to a crossroads with God, where we feel God wanting us to go one way and we battle with ourselves on the inside, trying to decide if we are willing to follow what God wants or not. As a rule, at least for a little while, we decide to do it our way. That is when we damper or hinder God's spirit inside us. We literally feel a darkness, don't we? When we know what God wants us to do and we do not do it. At that time, you have a decision to make. What will it be? Most likely, no one else is aware of the inner turmoil you are experiencing, but you know it's there. If you continue to go your own way, you are sinning against God. It's, it's that simple. If you recognize the darkness or grieving of God's Spirit in you, and you repent, then you are well on your way to being a Spirit-filled Christian. Some have tried to explain it as God is your co-pilot and you are the driver. But that is backwards. You are spirit-filled when God is in the driver's seat and you are the co-pilot, where you allow God, God, to call the shots and you are carrying out His wishes. When you are being obedient to God's call in your life, you experience the joy that God gives. Not as the world gives, but a joy that comes from inside and moving outward. The Lord opens Lydia's heart and she responded to Paul's message. This is an exciting time in Lydia's life. The freedom she experienced was overwhelming. <laughs> Do you remember the joy and excitement you received from being obedient to God's message? What was your response? The text tells us that the Lord opened her heart. I just, I, I just really love that saying. The Lord opened her heart. Isn't that a beautiful way to describe the light of truth? Cutting its way through the darkness of the world. What was Lydia's response? If you really believe that I am saved, come to my house and spend some time. Francis Havergal wrote this in the late 1800s, but it still speaks to hearts today. It's titled, Take My Life and Let It Be. 
But it goes on, take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. Take my moments in my days, let them flow in ceaseless praise. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Take my voice and let me sing always only for my king. Take my lips and let them be filled with messages from thee. Take my silver and my gold, not a mite would I withhold. Take my intellect and use every power as thou shalt choose. Take my will, my desire, my determination, my, my inner resolve. Take my will and make it thine. It shall no longer be mine. Take my heart, it is thine own. It shall be thy royal throne. Take my love, my Lord, I pour. At thy feet is treasure store. Take myself and I will be ever only all for thee. Ever only all for thee. Will you bow your heads with me, please? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just ask that uh, like Lydia, our hearts are opened to the light of Jesus Christ and what you want to do. If we're not a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, if we have not accepted uh, Christ, uh, uh, Jesus Christ, forgiveness of sin, where we confess our sins and you come in, Lord, this is a great time. Touch us. And Lord, if we are in the crossroads where we know you want us to go one way and we have not chosen to be obedient, Lord, would you forgive us? Give us another chance that we can be obedient and follow thy will. You are our God. We are your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, thanks for joining us. We will see you again next week. God bless you. Bye.